Tim Lacombe joins us now along with Jake Scott. I don't know if that other guy is that other guy still hanging out with you. No, no, just just the two of us now. Right. Uh, Tim, what do you think? Well, I was really impressed with. Uh, I mean, you talked about Brooks. I thought Brooks was actually kind of the story of the game. His energy early on, you know, like you said, I, I think he uh, was kind of the personification of the the idea that they were going to come out and just try to make the game as ugly as possible. Um, you know, the very first possession of the game, the Jazz Joe was cutting through the lane and Dylan stood him up. You know, there were words exchanged right there. And, and I just think, you know, not only did he bring that kind of energy, but his he lifted his game to a, a, a crazy high level and made a bunch of plays. And I thought, you know, then Ja was just phenomenal down the stretch. He, he's going to be, man, he just continues to improve. I, I'm really impressed with what that kid does. Yeah, you're looking at a 40, what, 45th pick in the draft? No, Dylan, yeah, Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Dylan yeah, Brooks was yeah. him. 2017. And, and you think this is his best year, though, David? He's taken a larger role and I think owned it pretty well. I mean, career-high 17 mm-hmm. points a game. I mean, the most impressive thing about him is he's scoring 17 points a game while playing the role of Royce O'Neal. So he mm-hmm. is, Royce O'Neal guarded the Tier 1 scorer, according to B-Ball Index, the most of any player in the league. Dylan Brooks guarded the Tier 1 scorer, the second most of anyone in the league. So mm-hmm. he's averaging 17 points a game while having the, num- the toughest defensive assignment every single night. It's pretty awesome. His energy was relentless. Yeah, and he, he want, you know, his idea was I'm going to come out and kind of be the bad guy, get all the attention. But if you're going to do that, you know, it's one thing to do it. But the way he backed it up was really impressive. And tough night for Clarkson. You know, I, I thought Clarkson's going to kind of be the X factor, um, you know, even more so with Donovan out. And, you know, and he just he couldn't really get going tonight. Jordan Clarkson in the regular season against Memphis was three of 16 on off the bounce threes. Mm-hmm. In the second half of the season this year, Jordan Clarkson on off-the-bounce three, so post-All-Star break, was 28%. Wow. That's the shot they're making him take. Yeah, with the big drop, no protection, and and it's kind of like, you know, you're going to shoot it or make it or miss it. It's going to be there. So if you go back to our regular season, we beat him three times. Donovan killed them on the the off-the-bounce threes. Yes. He went seven of nine in three games on off-the, in two games on off-the-bounce threes. We talked about this in the open of the broadcast tonight. And this is clearly what they're trying to do. The rest of our regular guys on off the bounce threes, and the reason that's a lower percentage, if you're new to that term, it's a lower percentage shot. And it is a shot, the Jazz rest, the jazz shoot catch and shoot about 40%. You're in rhythm, you're catching the ball, your feet are set off the bounce, you're on the move, much more difficult shot. The Jazz went seven of 25 in the regular season against Memphis on catch and shoot threes. I don't have the final number tonight on catch and shoot, excuse me, on off the bounce threes, but I'm gonna guess it was something similar as the Jazz went 12 of 47 for 26% from three tonight. That, like, is that a pat? Like, go ahead, Ron. No, I was waiting on Tim, I'm sorry. I was just, this is what Ron and I talked about uh, Friday in, in a golf cart. Uh, we were talking about, you know, only takes a couple of these types of shooting games. Um, and I, I think, like you said, t- Taylor Jenkins is, is doing a good job of like uh, kind of dictating what shots the Jazz take, and that's going to be the trick uh, or the chess match between game one and two is how now how does Quinn adjust to that? You guys know that backstory, right? Taylor Jenkins was Quinn Snyder's Yes, absolutely. Yep. Kind of great. Really, you know, really how's great. he not coach of the year candidate, by the way? Well... Right? Like, they, I mean, let's be honest. A, thir- that roster- a 38 and 34 record. Uh, and I think last year at this time, their record was 33 and 39. So I don't know. Well, where- I mean, that's this, like the youngest team. In the le- I think it's the youngest team to make they the playoffs are in like 20 years. 24 years old, yeah. Yeah, right? Like, I mean. Yeah. And they played without Jackson, you know, majority of the year. Right. And he's a fairly big piece. You know, here's a disconcerting note for you just to share with you. Their starting lineup this year is plus 19.3 for 100 possessions. Yeah. Mm. They're good. I mean, yeah. that's a, that, yeah. that, and they only played 11 games together, right? It's not a very big sample size, but that's, that's a pretty impressive number. In fact, their four major, all their lineups with Morant are good, and they were the biggest problem maybe for the Jazz is that in the minutes with Tyus Jones on the floor tonight, the Jazz didn't take a lot of advantage of that. You've got to beat them in those 12 minutes badly. Well, what's going to be fun, though, and, and is watching adjustments. What do the Jazz do now 
to, I mean, let me ask you the two of you a question here as well. Were you, were you comfortable with the type of threes that the Jazz were getting tonight? I mean, how many did they end up with? 30? They shot 47. 47 threes. Hey, well, I think, like David said, a lot of them were off the bounce. I mean, uh -huh. I'd go back and look at it, but, I mean, that was one thing Memphis was not going to, they're smart. You know, Jenkins understands the deal, and they don't want to give the Jazz catch and shoot shots. Um, they, they really didn't get a whole lot of transition. Um, Memphis had 17 offensive rebounds, I believe. Um, so they're, they're just, it's hard to get a stop. And then they spread you out. But uh, in, in terms of the threes, I think you know, probably not the best threes they've seen all year, but probably more by design, you know, what the defense did. The only problem I had with, with tonight, and, as in, and you know, I like three-point shooting. I, I definitely do, do that. But I think sometimes you got to run the score uh, layups instead of running to the three-point line, especially like in that second quarter when the Jazz were really struggling to, to even get good looks. You know, they only had, they had four three-point shots there at the half, two of them in each quarter. And, but I thought on a couple of those breaks that they could have ran the score and get the layups. Well, the Jazz lost this game really tonight, statistically at least. The number that will jump out statistically is their inability to score in transition. So how poor, so to your point, Ron, how poor they were in transition. Now, was that because they, you know, I don't know why, but I'm just telling you, they averaged 91.7 points per 100 possessions in transition. Mm -hmm. They've been averaging about 1.3. So they weren't in transition a lot. We're never in transition a lot like that. We are just very good when we're in transition. Um, we were about our regular amount of transition this year. Memphis, to the Jazz credit, and this may be a little concerning, is the Mem Jazz kept Memphis out of transition tonight. Yeah, they did. So they, mm -hmm. they only had 11% of their possessions in transition, and they're regulated about 17 or 18% of their possessions in transition. Yeah, if you told me that going in, just that stat alone, I would say yeah. the Jazz win. Yeah. Well, I would have asked if Donovan was playing. Well, this is why it's the playoffs, and one game doesn't lose the series. Nope. You learn a lot, you, and now you make adjustments. And I, I liked what I heard from Monty Williams the other You know, he told his team, anything, you know, you got to go through hard things to get to something good. And here we are. Yep. All right, guys, great work tonight. Playoff-level uh, broadcast. Appreciate you. Wednesday. We'll do it again. 8 o'clock tip. Yep. All right, there you go. David Locke, Ron Boone, 112 to 109 is your final Jazz fall to the Grizzlies in game one of their best of seven playoff series. We're breaking it down next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. The Jazz trail the Grizzlies in their best of seven playoff series 0-1 to after losing tonight 112-109. to And uh, Jazz made a run at it in the fourth quarter, uh, Coach, but uh, was just a, a touch too far behind as Bogdanovich had 20 points in the fourth, but not quite enough coming up short on that uh, on that last possession. And uh, this, was a, this was a tough game uh, for the Jazz. They did not play well. No, they didn't. And I think that the, um, you know, I talked about it in, in the pregame, but it is an interesting position to be in because you really do benefit from the rest that you get in a situation like the Jazz had week off. Um, meanwhile, Memphis had to play twice, but there is always a level of resiliency that comes from, you know, uh, surviving an elimination contest. And with Memphis being able doing that, uh, you know, and, and getting that huge win over the Warriors, um, just an absolute, you know, shot in the arm. So they really kind of came in on adrenaline and, and energy. I thought that the like Brooks, the way he came out and and just kind of said, "Hey, we're going to be a fly in the ointment tonight. We're not going to roll over." Uh, I thought his effort was phenomenal. Uh, but overall, just a, a great game plan and execution by Memphis, and just a, a night. Unfortunately, the Jazz couldn't get much rolling. Yeah, the the Grizzlies in this series, they're going to make it hard. I mean, they, they, it's going to be chippy. It's going to be physical. You know, we saw multiple technical fouls tonight. Um, how Trent Forrest picked up that one, I, I will will not know, especially on a play where uh, it was questionable whether or not John Morant should have been thrown out of the game because he was 
in the middle of the huddle when he was not checked into the game. Somebody's going to have to explain that one to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. understand that either. I don't understand why he was not punished. Of course, we know that famous rule that was after the uh, they put it in after the. Do you remember the? I believe it was, it was the. the Knicks, the, wasn't it? It was the Knicks and the Heat. It was the. A fight between Alonzo Morning and Larry Johnson. And Do you remember Van Gundy Jeff was, Van Gundy? Yeah, <laughs> was, was getting drug around. I totally remember it. And I remember the, the rule because the rule got put in the NBA and then, of course, it carried into college. And so when any kind of thing happened like that, we were, you know, instantly had assignments to keep guys on the bench. So, yeah, I was surprised when Morant kind of showed up in the picture and then to not have any kind of repercussion, that's something like I'll need. Yeah, we need an answer for that. Because you, it's supposed to be triggered by any sort of confrontation. And I think that would have qualified. But anyway, not to get bogged down on that one play, but John Moran is obviously an extraordinarily important piece of the conversation when talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. And, and the fact that Jazz could not get a stop against him in the fourth quarter is probably one of the foremost reasons they lost this game because – just when they got it within striking distance and needed one stop to to tie it or or even take the lead, they just couldn't get it, and he would get to the get to the hoop and get a bucket. And they kind of ran the same play, just got a favors invo- involved in a ball screen, and Ja has the ability, you know, to beat that hedge. He's always um, really kind of pushing and was able to kind of get around the edge multiple times, and, and that's what he's going to do. His explosion, uh, his ability to cover a ton of ground. And then once he gets to you know his point to be able to go up and finish shots, he's got a, a great knack to finish. So he's going to be a hard, he's going to be a really hard guard for a lot of years. Yep. All right, that uh, the Jazz fall tonight to the Grizzlies, one twelve, one oh nine. We will say good night to our network stations. Game two is going to be broadcast on Wednesday night. That game will tip off at eight o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, <clears throat> we'll continue to break this one down. We'll get some post game sound for you as well. Jazz fall tonight, one twelve, one oh nine, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz lose tonight 112 109 in game one of their best of seven playoff series against the Memphis Grizzlies. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. The sun is rising on adventure. Explore the world safely this summer uh, in the all new 2021 Subaru Crosstrek with standard all wheel symmetri- uh, symmetrical drive and more powerful engine. Learn more at Mark Miller Subaru. Dot com. Let's get a look at your sharp stats of the game brought to you by Les Olsen Company. Les Olsen Company, your office technology partner. Jazz shot 42% from the field tonight, just 25.5% from three, 12 of 47. They were led by Boyan Bogdanovich, who finished the game with 29 points on 8 of 16 shooting. He's also 9 of 9 at the line. He got 20 of those points in the fourth quarter. Mike Conley with 22 uh, Jordan Clarkson had 14 coming in off the bench, 5 of 16 from the field. Derek Favors had a monster game tonight. I thought he was great. 12 points, 11 rebounds for uh, Favors. Rudy, 11 points, 15 boards, three block shots, but, of course, fouled out, and that is going to be a battle between he and uh, Valanchunas. As far as Memphis goes, they were led by Dylan Brooks, who had 31 points on 13 of 26 shooting. Quick editorial, he's not doing that again this series. I'd be very surprised. John Morant had 26 points on 11 of 21 shooting, but it was really key when he got his buckets because when they needed it, he uh, he delivered there in the fourth quarter, and the Jazz came up just three points short. Well, you you know what you're going to see in the fourth quarter of this series now, right? The uh, the the Grizzlies, the way that they beat the Warriors, you know, the way they closed that, that game out. Um, isolation or high ball screen for Ja. And uh, we saw it again tonight. He, he's very, very difficult to, to guard because uh, you're not going to chase it over the top. He's not going to shoot it, so you're trying to beat him to a spot. Uh, but he has that uh, unbelievable ability to beat a hedge and, um, you know, and finish. His, his, his ability to finish is really, really impressive. So um, just got to hand it to Memphis. I thought that they came in with a great game plan, uh, really kind of executed where – a lot of a lot of times the Jazz didn't, and um, you know, just too many empty possessions uh, with missed shots. I know this. Uh, everybody knows this after watching one John Moran game. But I'll tell you what, his creativity around the basket to find a way to finish is something else. And he's a young player. I mean, imagine as he learns more tricks of the trade. I mean, he's just he's he's really special. Yeah, he he does have that ability to find, and he tried to sneak one past Rudy tonight. Rudy wasn't having it. 
but but it was just it's a unique release points. Um, you know, you can shoot the floater, but he also can kind of kind of come up and under. He's just got a, an uncanny knack to finish. Um, that coupled with his his speed, athleticism, explosiveness. You know, he's he's. They asked him. You know, I know this year, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, after a TNT broadcast about his game, and he said, I, I believe I'm one of the top five point guards in the league. Um, you know, I'd be hard-pressed to not to disagree with him the way he played tonight. Well, I don't know how many players in the league can really stay in front of him consistently for a, for an entire game. No, no that, I, there can't be many. No. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's hear from the coach, shall we? Let's go down to the media room and hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Our first question will come from Matthew Cole's AP. When, when things weren't going right for you offensively, what were you able to do to get uh, Boyan on tracks there and, and, and get him rolling a little bit? Well, I think there were some opportunities for him um, where he got in the post you know, and, and, and was able to put some pressure on the defense there. Um, you know, we tried to get him in some pick and roll actions and force some switches where he had a, a matchup that he could attack. Um, but the other thing is, you know, he's going to get a lot of his stuff in transition and for us to, you know, play with the kind of force and pace we want, um, whether it's on makes or misses, you know, a lot of those throw heads and threes. I, I thought, you know, he passed a few up in, in the first half um, and, you know, with his size, if, you know, if he's ready and prepared to shoot, he'll, he'll make some contested shots. And, you know, he did that as the game went on. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. And obviously not the result you want, and you obviously wouldn't want to see um, Rudy get into foul trouble like that, but can you just talk about what you got out of Derek Favors tonight? Yeah, I mean, he he, he had great energy. You know, I, I thought when he came in the game, you know, he made plays on the offensive boards. You know, he finished it uh, around the rim, you know, and gave us – you know, gave us a big lift, as you said, with with Rudy in foul trouble. I thought, you know, Mike's foul trouble um, hurt us, um, you know, it, it, dur during that one stretch where he was out because, you know, he controls the game for us. Um, but, you know, as you said, talking about Fave, that he's he's had games like that. You know, there's games he doesn't play as many minutes. Um, and he's always been, you know, ready. Um, and obviously, you know, I think tonight, you know, he, mentally he was he was prepared, and you know I thought took his game to another level. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. When uh, not one of your guys' better three-point shooting nights, it seemed like Memphis was really kind of being aggressive and physical. Were was anything unexpected there, or did you guys have any difficulty kind of handling uh, their defensive scheme at all? No, I mean I, I thought you know to the extent we we got clean looks um you know that during those possessions you know the ball moved um you know and those are shots that that we have to take i mean when when we try to drive closeouts and, and don't take shots uh, we're just much less efficient um, and that's not to say you don't attack the rim um, but i think the biggest thing for us is when we shoot the ball it's a quick decision we have a chance to rebound it you know we have a chance to make it um, and w when we don't make quick decisions, if the ball doesn't move, we hold it, you know, I, I think that's when their length and physicality, you know, catches up, um, because they're able to shift and lock in. So, um, you know, in addition to, you know, pushing the ball up the floor and looking for those opportunities, I, I think our reads, um, before we get the ball, whether it's to shoot or, or move it or drive it, um, have to improve. I mean, that, that's where I think the, the 14 turnovers, came from and, and I think there were a number of plays where you know passes were errant that that we couldn't shoot but you know George Yang is you know I don't know what he w was tonight because I, I'm still blind but um one for six you know those were clean looks and if he stopped shooting those shots I'm you know I'm mad at him um because we make those shots and the thing for us is if, if the ball's not going in it just means we need to be even more efficient and more locked in, um, particularly on the defensive end. Um, and that really, you know, whether it was the offensive rebounds or the turnovers, we just, they had a lot more possessions than we did. And, um, you know, that's hard to overcome. And um, I was happy with the fact that we, you know, we fought and, and gutted it out and we're, 
you know, back in the game there um, at the end. Um, but I think we all know we, we need to play better and uh, we need to execute better. And that's something that, you know, we need to come out game two and do. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Quinn, I guess maybe because there were so many storylines in this game, it's a vague question, but what's your main takeaway? Well, I, I think, you know, I, I think just our, you know, we've talked about competing and executing. I thought we competed. I didn't think we executed on the level that we need to, um, you know, in this moment in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think our guys know that, um, you know, we know the things we need to, to do better. Um, and that's really, that's what you take from it. You know, the, the biggest thing is we, we lost the game um, and understand, you know, the things we either didn't do um, or need to do better um, in order to, to correct that and come out and, and win game two. All right, time for one last question. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, both Mike and Rudy got in foul trouble today, and I'm, I'm curious kind of how you decide whether or not to sit those guys when they when they get in foul trouble or keep them out on the floor in, you know, an important playoff game. Well, that, that's always a tough decision, and, you know, I think the flow of the game dictates a lot. You know, in Mike's case, I think they, you know, the, the, the lead got up to, I don't know if it was 13, but it was the, the game was getting away from us a little bit, so um, we put him back in you know, at the end of the third, you know, four minutes or so, um, because I felt like, you know, he was impacting the game and we were just, we were, we were steadier with, with him in the game. Um, and then in, in Rudy's case, you know, Faye was playing well. So you're able to hold, you know, hold on a little longer um, in that instance, because, you know, Faye's doing such a good job. So um, again, it's it, your feel for the game. Um, you get a chance to, to match somebody up on a certain player that, that can be more difficult, you know, if they're going at Valanciunas with Rudy. Um, so a number of factors that went in, but um, I, I felt like we needed to get Mike back in there to stabilize. And in Rudy's case, uh, the way Fave was playing, you know, we could hold off. All right. That's all the questions. Thank you, coach. There you go. Jazz head coach, Quinn Snyder, coach Lacombe. Any, any thoughts on what you heard? I, I think the piece that he talked about, the Jazz competed well. I thought they did compete well. I thought they, they had a good competitive fight to them. And, again, this team has fallen. We've seen it a ton, fallen behind and still uh, found a way to bring it down to a one-possession game there at the end. Um, but the execution, you know, was, was a little bit lacking. Um, you know, I know we talked a lot about turnovers at halftime, but to the Jazz credit, you know, by our count, they only had two uh, turnovers in the second half, so they ended up with 14. I don't think that that's a number that can, you know, make or break you. But, you know, the, the rebounding, the offensive rebounding was hard because you're not getting stops. Um, you finally get them to miss, they get the rebound, and, and it's just demoralizing. So that's that one area they, can, they could probably clean up and do a little bit better. Um, and, and then just, you know, to have that kind of an off-shooting night, unfortunate, because like he said, I – I, I think every shot George Niang took, I w I've seen George make all year long, and tonight he just couldn't get, uh, you know, a shot to drop. No, I mean the Jazz scored uh, 66 points in the second half. I mean it was, it was about getting stops for sure, and I think you make a terrific point about the offensive rebounding because when you have trouble getting stops, it's kind of like a, you know, make a football comparison, giving up third down conversions. Oh, just time after time. Yeah, it's, it's backbreaking. But it also, in basketball, because, you know, they don't run the – you get the stop finally and they punt. You know, in, in basketball, you get a miss and you get to, you know, lower your head and go, and the Jazz are really good in yeah. transition when they get out there. But, uh, you know, if they're going to score like they scored – and then get those offensive rebounds, it just limits the, the amount of time you can actually get out in transition. want to remind you about Mark Miller Subaru. The sun is rising on adventure. Explore the world safely this summer in the all-new 2021 Subaru Crosstrek with standard all-wheel symmetrical drive and more powerful engine. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final, the Jazz fall to the Grizzlies tonight, 112-109. We'll get you more post-game sound coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz game night post game show. Jazz lose tonight, one twelve one oh nine to the Memphis Grizzlies. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. The sun is rising on adventure. Explore the world safely this summer in the all new two thousand twenty one Subaru Crosstrek with standard all wheel symmetrical drive and a more powerful engine. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Uh, coach, let's get into the points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call one eight hundred go Serta or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Uh, tonight, points in the paint. Let's see here. Uh, Jazz out or Grizzlies outscored the Jazz sixty-two to forty-two. That's got to be a lot of John ja Moran in there. I'm guessing. Yeah, and the way they drop their big, you know, there's just not as many opportunities. The Jazz uh, took threes. They were able to get the number of threes off tonight. Just couldn't make them, but. Um, yeah, not surprising. That's kind of Dylan Brooks, John Moran, and they actually lead the league in floaters made uh, per game. So that's that's a, a definite shot that they look for all the time. Well, and then they're not going to take a lot of threes. I mean, they only took right. twenty threes tonight. You know, seven of twenty. That's that's not really what they're uh, what they're looking to do. Which is crazy in a, in a three point shooting crazy league. They're finding a way to kind of play with with power and and you know just playing downhill i wonder you know uh, i'm bringing up john moran i want to see what he shot from three for the <clears throat> for the season uh let's see he was 30 percent from three this season you know i i always say this about Giannis. But you can say about jaw too if they learn to shoot they're going to be absolutely unguardable oh totally it's you know we talk about zion that way too right if he if he ever is because when you can shoot then everybody's got to play a little bit uh, you know, you're 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 on, on, in total control. You've got the ball. They're closing out to you and you've got every pick. So you can kind of just wait to see uh, almost use their aggressiveness against them uh, when you can't shoot. You know, everybody's going to gap you and and they're going to try to take the rim away. What's amazing about Jaws is that that's what everybody does. And he still, like Zion, finds ways to get there. Yeah, it doesn't seem to matter. No. Nope. And, uh, yeah, he's he's going to be a, a complex problem for the Utah Jazz to solve in this series. I mean, you look at, you know, the two players that had really big games uh, for Memphis uh, with Jaw 26 and Dylan Brooks at 31. I would be shocked if Dylan Brooks came anywhere near 31 points on 13 of 26 shooting in this series. John Moran, on the other hand, this might this could possibly be the basement for him. Yeah, he's... Um, you know, I know he's one of three guys. I know Bradley Beal uh, being one of them. Um, but they got 30 on the Jazz this year. Ja was one of those guys. Um, so it's a, you know, he, he's a guy, like you say, is a complex problem because the issue is you kind of have the answers to the test. You already know what he's going to do. It's just stopping him from doing it. That's the real challenge. Yep. Let's get uh, let's keep the post game sound going. Let's go back down to the media room and hear from Rudy Gobert. Our first question will be from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, your guys' defense was pretty incredible. About until about halfway through the second quarter, they were they had only twenty one points at that at that point, and then things started to turn for you guys. What kind of what kind of changed the game from that point on? I think turnovers, uh, you know, we gave them way too many uh, easy points in transition uh, from turning the ball over. You know, we know that, uh, you know, when the when they're playing against a half-court defense, it's a different story. And, uh, you know, like giving them either offensive rebounds or, or turnovers, we, we give them a chance to, to get going. And, uh, you know, we got to watch the film and see, you know, what we can do better to be able to play through through their physicality and, you know, take better care of the ball. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune is next. Rudy, it was the only time all season that you fouled out. Why, why was that? You know, was it the matchup? Was it the refereeing? You know, kind of what, what went into that? I mean, we played them three times already, so I don't think it's the matchup. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was hard for me to try to figure out what kind of game they were calling. Uh, you know, early in the game, they were allowing us to, you know, play physical, and and then at some point they, they hit me with two quick ones on rebounds. When Valanciunas is doing the exact same thing, you know, so it's kind of hard for me to to find ways to, to just get into the game when you know I can't really, I don't really know if I should play physical or you know if I sh if I should you know set it more when he pushes me, but then they don't call it. 
So I just, I mean, it was, yeah, it was hard for me to kind of like know the way to, to play the game. And uh, I was kind of, yeah, it kind of threw me off a little bit. So I'm going to just watch the tape and see, you know, what, like the part that I can, you know, do better. And, uh, and no matter what, I can let that, you know, uh, affect me and I can't lose my focus. Matthew calls AP. How difficult was it to defend them when Brooks and Moran are, are going downhill towards the basket when you have to stay with Alan Tunis? I mean, we, we, we know what they're going to do. Uh, ja Morant is one of the you know, most athletic guards in this league. You know, he's really good at you know, getting to the rim. And uh, you know, uh, for us, it just, it's just about doing what we do. You know, we, we've been doing it all year. You know, we, we're great at protecting the basket, but sometimes they're going to make, we know that sometimes he's going to make some tough shots. Same with Dylan Brooks, but uh, I think we just got to do everything a little better. You know, communication or physicality, and uh, and we got to make sure we, we don't give them any second chance points. And once we come out with those balls, uh, it's a different game. And same with the turnovers. You know, when those guys are able to get out in transition, uh, you know, it gets them going. And, you know, we got to be more poised with the ball and make sure that, uh, you know, we, we don't turn it over as much. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, obviously fouling out is not what you want, but what did you see out of Fave in those minutes when you were in foul trouble originally and then when he had to come in for you when you went out? I mean, Fave gave us a chance. You know, he, he brought us back into this game, uh, you know, with his, with his, his physicality, his, his mindset and, and the plays, you know, on defense and on offense. So, you know, we, I mean, that's why we brought, we brought him back. You know, Fave is a, is a great player and, uh, you know, and he's a huge part of our team and, you know, we didn't get the win tonight, but it's going to be some nights when Fed's going to win us some win us some games. You know, so yeah, it was it was huge tonight. Uh, next up, David Cinelato from La Gazette de Sport out of Italy. Um, hi, Rudy. Um, what do you think cost you guys the game? Uh, I think we got a few moments when we were. You know, distracted, disconnected. Uh, you know, I think we let uh, some of the calls affect us. You know, all the little things that you know we gotta we gotta put aside. You know, we gotta we know that we know that we do Utah Jazz, so we know that we gotta you know um, just don't get distracted. You know, focus on ourselves, stay connected. All the five guys on the court, and you know, coaching staff, the bench, everybody. We just gotta stay connected and. Kind of like don't let anything, you know, all they're talking, you know, they're talking after every, every time they score, they're talking. And we know that's the way they like to play. So we can't just, you know, let that affect us. We just got to, you know, play our basketball, do what we do and, uh, you know, stay locked in. Ben Anderson, KSLsports.com. You mentioned the execution being pretty poor a few times now. What was that? Was that rust or was that something Memphis was doing? Probably a, a little bit of everything. You know, uh, obviously we haven't played a real game in about a week, so it's not an excuse. You know, it's we shouldn't lose this game, but uh, I think it's just a little bit of everything. And uh, you know, yeah, we were, we had we had some moments when we executed, and you know, we got back in the game down 17 or down 16. We got back in the game just by playing our game and executing. And uh, there's some moments when we, yeah, we got a little distracted. We we weren't connected and uh, we turned the ball over, you know, giving up a few offensive rebounds and all of a sudden, you know, it's, we're down 12, down 15. And, you know, those guys are uh, hungry. They're a really good team and they want to prove themselves too. And, you know, they, they earn this win. Last question, Tim McMahon, ESPN.com. Hey, Rudy. Um, when did you find out that Donovan wasn't going to be uh, able to play tonight and, how did that, how did that affect you guys? Uh, when I found out when we woke up from the nap, so about 4 p.m. And how, how did that, I mean, obviously you guys go through shoot around, you've been practicing. I mean, it's got to be a surprise. How did that? Just... It was a big surprise, but, uh, you know, uh, I just don't know. Uh, I kind of stay, I try to stay out of all this because, you know, it's just gonna give me a headache. Like I, I just, 
you know, I think hopefully it's good for next game. That's what I'm worried about, you know. And uh, obviously, when you find out, when you wake up, you get ready for a game, and you find out that, you know, your star player is not going to play. Uh, you know, it throws you off a little bit, but you know, at the end of the day, like, yeah, hopefully, as long as he's healthy and ready for the next game, that's that's what matters. All right, that's all the questions. Thank you, Rudy. All right, there was uh, Rudy Gobert um, touched on a number of different things. I thought it was interesting. He said he, he couldn't get a feel for how the game was being refereed. No, I, I felt that way, too. And I think, you know, if you watch Valanchunas on every single uh, rebound, he's going to be really physical. And, you know, there's a lot of pushing and shoving and jockeying for position. Um, and, and the frustrating thing I imagine for Rudy is a couple of the fouls he had. Now, the last one. His sixth foul was definitely he reached out and grabbed Jersey on that one. So uh, you really don't give the referee much choice. But I think it's the you know, he, he he's getting pushed in the back. You know, he kind of returns the favor and they call sometimes they call it sometimes and sometimes they don't. And that, that's one of the hard things about being a player and trying to adjust to the way the game's being called. All right, let's check out your Master of the Glass brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. This year's Master of the Glass uh, was Rudy Gobert, who secured 960 rebounds throughout uh, the season and brought the, t- uh, the donation total made by Safe Light Auto Glass to $4,800 going to the United Way of Utah, which provides uh, parents, caregivers, and neighbors the tools for childhood education, youth social and emotional health, and family, financial stability. Rudy, the master of the glass tonight, with 15 rebounds. He had five offensive boards. And uh, give a nod, Faves way. 11 rebounds coming in and playing 23 minutes as Rudy got into foul trouble. And as Rudy said right there, Favors, what did he say, saved the game? Kept a minute? I felt like he did. You know, those minutes uh, that he played at the end of the third particularly were really big. Uh, he, he bought Rudy some time. Um, and and the Jazz were able to kind of stay within striking distance. You know, if not for Desmond Bain kind of desperation, th- three at the end of the third had been a six-point game. So I, I thought Favors was a, a real bright spot for the Jazz tonight. The other guy who, you know, you got to absolutely love is the fact that Bojan has a very difficult first half. Um, and confidence is kind of an issue at times with him. And the way that he attacked and played in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter, um, you know, just uh, it speaks a lot. I mean, very rarely do you have a guy who who can go through and, and not play so great and then kind of be the go to guy. And, and he nearly brought the jazz back. Let's uh, get some more post game sound. Let's go back down to the media room and hear from Boyan Bogdanovich. We'll get started with Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Boyan, did you feel like you guys needed maybe a little bit too long tonight to get the energy to the right place? I mean, we had a we had energy right from the beginning on 17 point uh, quarter. It's it's good good for us. We had an early early lead, and then uh, I mean, it's just so many live turnovers, and they were able to to run to our backs right uh, and had a have a easy easy bucket. So I think that we came out with the energy, but uh, we lose that. Uh, that energy in the middle of the of the game. I don't know the reason. Like I said, a lot of a lot of turnovers, but live turnovers. Eric Wallen, Salt Lake Tribune. Boy, on several uh, several people have said tonight that you know there was there were issues with the execution. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Was it you know was Memphis doing anything differently? Was it their physicality? Was did the rust play a part? Um, why did you guys have trouble executing offensively? I mean, we knew how they're gonna how they're gonna play. They were they were aggressive once again. We didn't have a problem to execute last last couple of games against against them. But like I said, we were trying trying to go inside and and and, and shoot over their their bigs and 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 we didn't like I said we didn't execute. We didn't have a those first. First pass for the for the easy shot. So they were just trying to be extra aggressive in the in the first half of the of the game. Matthew calls the AP. What did it take for you to get into that aggressive mindset and and really go up? You had zero points at halftime, and in the second half you had quite a few. And then on that last play, maybe tell us what happened 
uh, when you were down three to try to get that last shot? I mean, I wanted to get in a game with, uh, with some easy, easy shots or easy or free throws. Didn't want to force anything, and then I was I was getting nervous for the for no reason. So, and then on halftime, everybody was cheering me and, and 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 telling me that I have to shot because I passed some some wide open open shots and I missed the the playoffs last year. So I I knew that. Uh, that a, that a team needs me to be to be more aggressive and trying to trying to go there and and, and, and get my my own shots. Last play, I mean, it's come to the last play, but uh, we lost the game way before. I had a, I had a great look. I I was in a I was in a great mood. I, I hit a couple threes before, so I mean, I should I had a pretty pretty good look. That's all I can say about uh, about the last shot. All right, last question will be Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Boyan, just curious when and how you found out about Donovan Mitchell not playing in this game, and, and was that a surprise for you? And then, you know, did that surprise play a role in what happened tonight? I mean, he is our, our leader and best player, but I don't think that that played a big role because we are playing last 20 games without him and, and without Mike, and we were playing... We were playing great. Of course, that we miss him, especially in the, in, in the playoffs. We we all know how how good he is. I mean, I don't know what uh, what happened honestly with a uh, with a decision for him and and, uh, and medical stuff to to keep him out. So you should you should ask ask him. All right. Thank you. That's all the questions we have, Boyan. Boyan Bogdanovich uh, talking about a number of things there. He talked about the last shot. said he thought he had a good look. I, I'm not so sure I agree with that, but I think he should have been the guy shooting. I mean, he was he was lights out in that fourth quarter. Yeah, I liked where they got him the ball, too. You know, fate right head on the rim. Um, it looked like they were kind of try, trying, to, trying to run a couple different actions, and he popped free, so not exactly sure what the play was. Um, but love that his number got called the way he was scoring that ball in the fourth. Finished the game 29 points, 8 of 16, shooting 4 of 11 from 3. Had five boards as well. A couple of steals uh, for Bogdanovich. Did have the four turnovers, particularly early in the game. Uh, but 20 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, he really got going. And that's probably a pretty positive thing for the Jazz going forward in the series. They need, you know, they need other guys to get going, and uh, including Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson. But tonight, Bogdanovich got going, and that's probably a pretty big positive. Yeah, and I think the biggest positive part of it, obviously, you know, Bojan had a nice last 10 games. I mean, really nice. Um, was a huge reason why the Jazz were able to hold that number one seed. Um, but the fact that, you know, he's probably had in his playoffs, he, he, at least in the, his opportunities, hasn't been as good. And then last year he didn't get his chance. Um, so he had to have been talking to himself at halftime. And the part I like so much, and I think it's the growth we've seen in Boyan, is like negative stuff happening would really kind of compound. And tonight he was able to kind of go in at halftime, regroup, and then really be the go-to guy. And that's a step forward for Boyan. Um, I know we all want to win every game, uh, but those little battles, like I felt like Favors had a kind of won a battle tonight, getting uh, a really good feel back out on the floor. Uh, Boyan's the other guy. I thought Boyan tonight answered the bell when it was difficult, and that just shows that his confidence is getting better. Want to remind you about our friends of Mark Miller Subaru. The sun is rising on adventure. Explored the world, explore the world safely this summer in an all-new 2021 Subaru Crosstrek with standard all-wheel symmetrical drive and more powerful engine. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz lose to the Grizz, 112-109. to More sound and some stat nuggets coming up for you next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night post-game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, it's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. The sun is rising on adventure. Explore the world safely this summer in the all-new 2021 Subaru Crosstrek with standard all-wheel symmetrical drive and a more powerful engine. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final, the Jazz lose to the Grizz tonight, 112-109. The Grizzlies take a one-game-to-none lead in the best-of-seven uh, playoff series. 
Uh, let's uh, let's see here. What do we have to do? Let's get a look at your three-point feature, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. This this was a big story tonight, Tim. The Jazz really struggled from three. 12 of 47, 25.5%. Um, Bogdanovich had the best night at 4 of 11. Conley was uh, 3 of 11. Joe Ingles, actually, uh, he was 3 of 7, but it uh, it got rough rough from there. O'Neal, 1 for 3. Niang, 1 for 6. Oni 0 for 1. Jordan Clarkson, 0 for 8. And uh, you uh, had a conversation. You talked to Locke about it. A lot of off-the-bounce stuff. Yeah, it's it's what the Jazz try to do to other teams, and it's what I don't know, smart guys like Taylor Jenkins tries to do to the Jazz. Um, you know, Really, Jordan Clarkson probably struggled the most with it. And what will make it even worse is that Donovan just absolutely torched uh, the Grizzlies in games, the first two games they played this year off the bounce, particularly those high ball screens just coming off and being able to knock those in. Um, so that's that's the difficult part is, um, you know, it's the game plan that Memphis was going to employ. The Jazz knew what was there uh, and they just couldn't make them pay and and. You know, something I feared going into the uh, the playoffs is the Jazz are not a live and die by the three team mm-hmm. by any means, but it certainly helps things go better when they they get some good shooting. And tonight, everybody was just a little bit off and a little bit rusty, and you know that ultimately just couldn't get enough points, enough stops. But the three point shooting was a was a big factor, I thought. And, and we can talk about the off the bounce, but you know, the truth of the matter is George Niang. One for six from three. He had a bunch of looks that he normally knocks down. And uh, Mike Conley had two wide-open catch-and-shoot threes in the fourth quarter, one of which I'd have to go back and look at the play-by-play, but one of which would have uh, brought him within two, I think, and one of uh, which would have tied it. Yeah, would have tied it. um, Two two really big threes, good looks that Mike Conley had that just didn't go down. I mean, they were good shots. They just didn't go in. So, um you know, we could talk about the off-the-bounce stuff, which is not ideal, but they did get some open threes that they normally make that they missed. No, they did, and that's that's going to be, you know, uh, the kind of a story, I think, of this series, the way that Memphis is going to play. It probably won't change. And so, you know, the Jazz have got to find ways to be a little bit more productive off of those types of plays. Um, and, you know, like Ron said, it may not be the worst thing in the world, too, to run, you know, for layups at times. Or, or, or reward Rudy for for running the floor uh, before that defense is set. Just find ways to to get a couple more easy baskets a game. Speaking of Mike Conley, at twenty two points and eleven assists tonight. Let's hear what he uh, his uh, post game media availability. We'll start with Sarah Todd Desert News. Mike, at what point did you find out that Donovan wasn't going to be playing tonight? And I mean, how does that change things for you when? I mean, seemingly you thought all week that he was going to be able to go. Um, I probably found out about four o'clock today before the game. Um, Obviously, that's uh, that's tough on, you know, our team when we're expecting a guy like that back. But, um, you know, we've we've played this season with with guys in and out the lineup, you know, all year. So, that's no excuse on how we, you know, go out there and, and perform on a nightly basis, but definitely uh, a game changer when, you know, a guy of his caliber is not able to play. Next question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Mike, even when you guys were, you know, leading the game early, thanks to the defense in the second quarter, you still were having trouble making threes, still were turning the ball over. What was Memphis doing that was kind of taking you guys out of your rhythm, kind of impacting the execution? Um, you know, they're a very physical team. Uh, obviously, they lead the league in, in, in creating turnovers, and um, that's because they got, you know, some defenders that really, you know, get up into you and, and force you into, you know, tough decisions. And um, and I think we just let that kind of get, get a, you know, the best of us, uh, especially – at the end of the second, early third, where they started making their runs. So, um, you know, they they wanted it. They went on and they really worked for this one. And, and we have to to match that energy um, and, and be more poised in offensive and defensively. Um, fight, keep fighting. But you know, their their team is going to try to create havoc. And and uh, when we did, you know, in those possessions, when we did keep our feet and stay on the ground and 
uh, use a ball fake or two, you know, we got open looks and, uh, and that was just a matter of us making them or not. Matt calls AP. Besides their physicality, it looked like there was a lot of pushing and holding and I even saw a headbutt in there. Did any of that throw off your execution? Um, me personally, no, you know, that's just playoff basketball, but, um, it also is, you know, it's distraction, it's distractions that we don't, we don't necessarily need to get involved in. You know, we're a team that we pride ourselves in just, you know, being a well-oiled machine that, you know, is going to run regardless of the situation. And, um, when teams get physical, we get physical back and we just continue to run our, our, our offense and, and, and play our defense and, and keep it moving. But, um, we cannot let that kind of stuff kind of muddy up the game. Um, because you know they they they're a team like I said is gonna is gonna they're gonna throw everything at you and that's another way that they try to dictate how we play. Tim McMahon, ESPN.com. Uh, you've got a unique perspective on Dylan Brooks, having played with him for a couple of years. Uh, what did you think of his performance tonight? And and you know, speaking of some of those antics you were just talking about, how much of a pain in the ass is he? Um, man, Dylan's a uh, Obviously, he plays with a lot of passion. You know, that's that's the word I use. And you either like it, or you, you either like it or you don't. You know, when you're a teammate, you love it. When you play against against him, you hate it. But um, he was unreal tonight. You know, basically was unguardable there for a few you know a few quarters where he was making everything. So um, obviously, you know, it's game one, and uh, and he performed very well. Uh, we'll have to you know adjust some things. You know, next game, and um, you know. Just try to try to slow him down. Corey Harrison out of bounds. Hey Mike, how you doing? All right. So what was your mindset and emotions going into the game, being a former franchise cornerstone for the Memphis franchise for so many years? Um, you know, honestly, it was just uh it was exciting. You know, it's very exciting to be playing against Memphis. Um you know, obviously with all the memories and playoff experiences that I've been a part of with that team, um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it, but same time, you know, I'm just like, Hey, you know, this is, this is my job. This is, you know, they're a team that's, you know, in the way of what I'm trying to ultimately get to. And, and that's a championship. So um, I got to do whatever I can to try to beat them. And uh, you know, we can shake hands and, you know, dap up afterwards and, uh, and talk all that, but you know, you know, going into it, it's, it's been been all about business and just trying to you know keep my mind locked in on the goals. All right, last question, follow up from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Mike, uh, getting into the lane and uh, using that floater uh, kind of off the pick and roll is something that you're obviously very adept at. Um, ja is doing that a lot, and. That was one of the reasons I think that he, he was able to kind of punish you guys tonight. Is there anything that you guys can do better to defend that? Well, yeah, I think, um, you know, that that floater has been there um, a lot of the time against us because of the way we play. Uh, we like to drop our big down and protect the paint a lot um, and kind of give up that mid-range shot. And he's very, very good at it. So. Um, there's, there's other, other ways we can attack that. And I thought we, we made an adjustment, but it might've been a little bit too late, um, in the game where we started to kind of get higher with our bigs and, um, and kind of, you know, force them to kind of give, get the ball up a little bit earlier. So, you know, who knows if that's something that we go to a little bit earlier in the game, uh, in game two, but, um, you know, there's different ways we can attack that and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully force them, um, into giving it up a little bit earlier. All right, that's it for tonight. Thank you, Mike. There's Mike Conley uh, talking about. Uh, you heard him. Uh, they need to not get caught up in the extracurriculars, the ch the chippiness, that sort of thing, and be a well-oiled machine, the way he described it. And you heard him talking about Dylan Brooks and uh, you know complimentary and mentioned the type of guy you love to have on your team, but you hate to play against. I thought that was a great uh, line, and I think that you know Mike knows the the passion. He lived in the, you know. In, in that organization for so long, you know, saw, saw Brooks when he came in, um, obviously really disappointed to lose, but classy to, to even through all the antics and everything to say, Hey, look, when you're on that side of it, it's the best. Yeah. Uh, when you're not, it's not, but 
he gave credit where credit was due, and that's what I love about Mike Conley. All right, should we get to some stat nuggets, courtesy of our friend Tyson Ewing? Playoff edition. Playoff nugget edition. Our friend Tyson Ewing does uh, stats for the AT&T Sportsnet broadcast. You can follow him on Twitter at TyEwing2, and he always sends us some nuggets after the game. Here we go. We'll start with this. This is the first game one home loss since the 1998 first round when the Jazz lost to the Rockets 103-90. And by the way, went on to the finals that year, so everybody relax a little bit. Only one game. Uh, this is the sixth straight game one loss for the Utah Jazz. That is interesting. That is very interesting. Six consecutive game one losses. Wow. Jazz are now 3-13 and 13 in game one since the 0-2 playoffs. Uh, Jazz are now 18-3 and all-time in game one home games. Uh, moving on to some stats from the Grizzlies. Started tonight 10 of 39, 26% closed, 35 of 61, 57%. There's the game right there. Couldn't get stops in the fourth. That's what it felt like, too. I mean, we kept saying, you know, okay, Jazz get a basket, now get a stop, and they just couldn't do it. Yep. Uh, let's move on to Bogdanovich. Scored 20 points in the fourth quarter, the most points he has ever scored in a quarter. Regular or postseason. So he was making it happen in the fourth. I would say that was clutch Yep, by Boyan. Uh, Joe Ingles with two assists moved into seventh all-time in Jazz playoff history with 133 assists. I'm going to guess he's not going to catch John. I don't know where John Stockton is. We could look it up, but guessing he's not going to catch him. No, I would highly doubt it. Uh, to Rudy, with five offensive rebounds, he moved past Big T, for seventh in offensive rebounds in Jazz playoff history with 117. Uh, to Jordan Clarkson, this season he became the only player outside of Steph Curry to hit a three in every game of an NBA season for just the second time while wearing a Jazz uniform. He did not make a three in tonight's game. You know, we talked on Thursday on the big show, you and I, we talked about X-Factors, and I feel like Clarkson kind of is Jazz X-Factor, even more so now knowing Donovan's out or was out tonight, you know, Jordan's got to be the guy and unfortunate just to have a night where he does not make one after making one all year long. Yeah. I mean, they, they're going to need something from Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he, he just did not play well tonight and uh, you know, he's been boosting them up and big time playing a huge role for the team. They're certainly going to need him to play better. Uh, Dylan Brooks with his 31 points set a Grizzlies franchise record for most points scored by a player uh, making their playoff debut. And you're you're on record to say that that's well, that's going to be a one time thing. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't he, think he's, he's doing, not going over that number. No, I, I mean he was great tonight. No, and, he was and, terrific, but hit some shots that uh, I don't see them consistently falling for him. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, he I mean, got into a zone. You could kind of tell, right? And just kind of willed them in. Yep. And then uh, final one from our guy uh, Tyson on Kyle Anderson set a Memphis Grizzlies playoff franchise record with six steals. And they're really good at uh, picking pockets. They Round are. ball robbery, our, our friend David Locke says. So. Leather larceny sometimes <laughs> even. They're going to have to take care of the basketball and not turn it over so much. Yeah. Anderson's he's kind of an interesting player. Another guy who does not really shoot the three. Um, everything around the rim, but just a very, very complimentary player and um, and a winner. You know, finds a way to to impact the game. Yep. All right, uh, we will. Uh, there you go. There's your stats nuggets. Uh, we're going to get uh, uh, Coach Combs' final thoughts coming up right around the corner before we turn things over to Jazz Playoff Overtime. Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot are going to be taking your phone calls. So if you're fired up and you want to get your opinion out there, hold tight because those guys will uh, get it from you coming up uh, after this show is over. want to say thanks or uh, uh, remind you about our friends Mark Miller Subaru. The sun is rising on adventure. Explore the world safely this summer in the all-new 2021 Subaru Crosstrek with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and a more powerful engine. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final from Vivid Arena here tonight. The Grizzlies beat the Jazz 112-109. to Coach Combs' final thoughts coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network.
rebound to Brooks. Jazz ball to the ground. Brooks lays it up and in. He shouldn't have done that. 4.3 seconds left. That was actually a mistake by Dylan Brooks. He should have kept dribbling around the other side. The Jazz had no one near him, and he could have run off the clock. Instead, the Jazz now have a timeout and can run a play with 4.3 seconds left to force overtime. Play the game right there, uh, courtesy of our friend David Locke, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service sales and selection, lhmauto.com, driven by you. Jazz game night postgame show. Jazz fall tonight to the Grizz, 112-109. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Postgame brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, the sun is rising on adventure. Explore the world uh, safely this summer in the all-new 2021 Subaru Crosstrek with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and a more powerful engine. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Um, if you're just joining us, Jazz got 29 from Boyan Bogdanovich, 20 of those in the fourth quarter. Mike Conley had 22, um, but uh, not enough. Uh, the Grizzlies got 31 from Dylan Brooks, 26 from John Morant, and he was great in the fourth quarter. One quick note, uh, Coach, we've talked a little bit about Derek Favors, but Man, Favors, 12 points, 11 rebounds in 23 minutes, four block shots for Favors, and played, you and I were chatting as we were watching it, played with a little extra bounce. A weak rest might have really helped Favors. I think that's exactly the case. Um, you know, he was really kind of wearing down and, and being a, a veteran, a guy who's played a ton of games, has a lot of miles, uh, you know, probably really did get a ton of rejuvenation from being off this week. I felt like he was a little quicker to balls. He was uh, uh, his vert was a little better. You know, he, he kind of impacted, blocked a couple shots. Um, kind of went the old uh, Bill Russell. He blocked it and kept it in play, and he was able to kind of start the break one time. Um, but I, yeah, I thought Favors was was definitely a bright spot. He and Bojan were were good. You know, if Mike would have made just a couple more threes, you know, but I thought Mike played a pretty heady game too. Uh, it's just going to be a challenge from here. You know, this is a this is a, a a Memphis team that now has staved off elimination twice, and now they're in a series that they lead, and so they've got all the momentum, um, and the Jazz have to figure out a way to to shift that in in game two. Yep, a lot of things did not go the Jazz way. A lot of things went Memphis way, and the and the Jazz lost by three. I mean. I'm, I think the Grizzlies are going to give the Jazz a fight. I mean, they're, this this is going to be a very uh, this is going to be a difficult series. I mean, Memphis has got talent. They're they're super young. They've got a ton of energy. They're going to play very very physically. Um, and the Jazz, if they're going to be short Donovan Mitchell, I mean, it's going to be a more difficult series. But I, I expect them to play much better as the series goes along. I do too. It, it was a weird day, right? Like um, I was all geared up, ready to uh, you know get up here and. Uh, I, I checked Twitter after a nap myself, much like Rudy Gobert, and all of a sudden uh, saw the, the report from Woj on Twitter. Um, I was actually, I looked real closely to make sure it wasn't one of those fake accounts, you know, that, that just says stuff, because it seems so out of the blue to me. Uh, so it had to have impact, impacted the guys, their mindset, and um, now it's just a matter of, hey, whatever the situation is, we got to get ready to play Wednesday night against a team that's really, really good. Uh, again, tonight, the Jazz struggled from three. Another thing that you would expect to improve, uh, 12 of 47. And uh, certainly uh, not being able to get stops uh, was difficult down the stretch with uh, Rudy Gobert not on the floor having fouled out. And he's going to have to – this is the first game he's fouled out all year. And, and it's going to be – he him against Valanciunas is, is going to be a key to the series. He's going to have to figure out how to play physically without, uh, without fouling out, certainly. Uh, Coach Lacombe, let's get some final thoughts from you on this one before we close the book on it and turn things over to Johnny and Austin. Yeah, I, I think that the Jazz, um, you know, like like Quinn said it best, I thought they competed. I thought they really fought. And I've always been impressed with this team's fight. You know, they get down in a game uh, almost to the point where you're like, oh, that's it, and they fight their way back. So you got to love that part. Um, you know, the areas of concern, the, the, the Jazz rectified the turnover issue. Uh, I felt like they did a much better job in the second half, and I wouldn't say that turnovers were uh, what really kind of caused the the jazz of the game i think it was just being playing with enough force uh and you dictating to the defense what to do as opposed to the other way around and tonight memphis was the aggressor memphis set the tone um the jazz ended up kind of playing the game that memphis wanted to play and so i feel like that's where that piece needs to kind of fit uh be interesting to hear going forward donovan's status 
But I guess the, the bottom line is the guys that are healthy and available have got to figure out a way to just do a better job of executing, making shots when, those, their, when it's their opportunity. That's how the Jazz got the number one seed. They did that all year long. So uh, we've seen them lose games in the past you know, that were disappointing and come back and answer the bell, and that's what I fully expect. We want to say a big thanks to David Locke and Ron Boone doing a great job calling all the action tonight. Of course, John Kiefer was our broadcast assistant. Thanks to Alex Lundberg. Lundy doing a great job, executive producer of uh, Jazz Game Night. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show. The sun is rising on adventure. Explore the world safely this summer with the all-new 2021 Subaru Crosstrek with standard all-wheel symmetrical drive and a more powerful engine. Learn more at Mark Miller Subaru. Dot com. Uh, we also want to say thanks to you, Coach Lacombe. Always fun. Glad this playoff run is starting. This can be a blast. Oh, it's going to be great. Great to have Gordon with us uh, in the pregame. Oh, thanks to Gordon for jumping. It was on with great. Us too. And congrats to Phil Mickelson. How about that? The oldest guy to ever. Uh, oldest guy to win a major. Amazing. I mean, it'd be like me going to win a major. It's just absolutely insane. Um, your final, the Grizzlies beat the Jazz 112-109. Next game will be Wednesday night here at Vivid Arena. Tip-off will be at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. But line up the phone calls now, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Uh, Jazz playoff overtime with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network.